Hello and welcome to the Leaders' Council podcast with me, Joshua Jackson. This podcast, just like the Leaders' Council itself, is all about recognising and celebrating the people who keep this great country running. We exist to give leaders a voice outside of their own organisations and to support them in the same way that they support their staff every single day of the week. If you're in a leadership position yourself and would like to have your voice heard on the national stage, please go to leaderscouncil.co.uk forward slash apply. Each week on this program, I'm joined by a different leadership figure from the world of business, education, politics, sports, or even from local communities in the aim of truly discovering who those people are that get up every morning and make this country work. We get their take on the current economic and political landscape of the UK and discuss everything from COP26 to national insurance rises and, of course, the success and the innovation that makes it all worthwhile in the end. On today's programme, I'm delighted to be joined by Alan Martin from Food for Thought. Um, Alan, hello. Welcome onto the show. Hello, yes, welcome, glad to be here. Thanks a lot for for taking the time. It's been a while since um, we've had you on and uh, the world has continued to be somewhat chaotic. Um, But if you wouldn't mind just, you know, sort of introducing um, the listeners to, you know, who you are, what you do and uh, how you do it, that'd be great. Okay, thanks. Well, I'm uh, Alan Martin, uh, Director of Super Thought. I have uh, three... Uh, Helping stores, just in Surrey, two food for thoughts, uh, Kingston and Guildford, and Oliver's, uh, which is near two gardens, uh, as you say, all all three in Surrey. Um, And uh, it's been interesting uh, over the past 18 months uh, with uh, the the three stores because uh, we we stayed open throughout. We traded um, as normally as we can, uh, but been open. Uh, every day um, uh, since uh, the first lockdown uh, took place uh, back in March last year. And, um, you know, obviously, despite being, you know, sort of open every day and having that sort of trading platform, I'm sure things have still been a little bit difficult at points. Um, You know, actually having to change the way you work, limiting people on the high streets. Um, You know, have you managed to, have you managed to adapt to it all? Yeah, I think there's, there's been both kind of, you know, the positive aspects. If you can see positive in what what happened, um, as as well as you know the, the struggles and uh, uh, the adaptions we've had to make to keep the business open. Um, I, I think maybe I'd, I'd focus more on the positives. What's come out of the past eighteen months? Uh, I think the teams in the the three stores are all a lot stronger for it. We've had to. Uh, make sure that we actually could stay open. And you quite never knew day to day if someone uh, may be off uh, with COVID or uh, they were off self-isolating or they had other issues. Uh, so the, the main positive that I can take out of the past 18 months is that every single member of our team is now better equipped to either open the store, close the store, cash up, uh, get involved in ordering and receiving. So I, I think uh, generally uh, everybody's skills um, in the, 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 the wider team of all three stores um, has been enhanced. Um, and that, that's the real big positive that I take away from uh, the difficulties and the struggles that we've 
management tired over the past 18 months. And I think I think slightly differently, actually. I think one of the major benefits um, that's come for you, not just as maybe an individual um, and as a, as a company, but, you know, from all of these this time that people have spent at home, I feel like there's been a radical shift in mindsets. Um, people have wanted to shop local when they can. They've wanted to support sort of local retailers. There's also been an ever increasing discussion around environmental impacts, what's going on wider in the world the changes and the challenges that are sort of coming up have you felt that have you found uh, you know a wider client base throughout this yeah I, absolutely it's interesting because there, there is a clear divide between our all of those stores and the, the two supports which are turn uh, center based you know so the Kingston and Guildford stores so during the lockdowns um, the town centers uh, did empty out a bit uh, there were fewer stores open. Uh, we did see um, uh, a, a much greater interest in what customers wanted to, to buy from us. So they, they wanted uh, a more complete um, uh, shopping experience. So we, we were promoting our stores as uh, the, the baker, uh, the, the, the butcher, the uh, place to get your coffee, the, uh, as well as you know, any health supplements or remedies. Um, and that, that did help a lot for the food for thought stores. Um, all of those, however, uh, really, really blossomed because it's kind of situated in, you know, Kew Village. And um, we've seen customers there uh, generally using the store uh, really as the, the, the local um, general store uh, and visiting sometimes two or three times a day. And I think that was primarily down to people working from home uh, or perhaps they, they were furloughed uh, or there were, uh, there were other reasons. But they were coming out and about and they were coming in uh, shopping. They were coming in for a pint of milk in the morning, coffee at lunchtime. We, we suspect it, to be, uh, it, it was the, the kind of exercise time, but they were using that also to, to do a bit of shopping. So we actually seen the business and all of us grow uh, year on year during the lockdowns by about 30%, which was uh, quite incredible, really. Um, food results fell a little bit, but if we take the business overall, uh, we were probably in about, you know, 2 or 3% growth. So basically flat as a, as a business, but all of us really um, uh, streaking ahead. That's really quite incredible, actually, isn't it? That during this time of, of uh, you know, economic hardship for many, that um, you know, you've actually, you know, improved that overall. And you know, now that people are heading back into the office, now that people are not always working from home, that it's looking like there is going to be more of a, a sort of hybrid bubble over the past sort of month or two. Have you found that you know continuation there as well? Are people still using you now? They know you're there, and and with that regularity. Yeah, absolutely, and it's through customer uh, demand really that we are now uh, opening the coffee bar in Oliver's um, an hour earlier uh, because we are seeing um, some of these people return to the city to the office. Uh, we're about you know uh, a, a few meters away from uh, the Kew Garden train station, so we are stop off just before they got on the train. So we, we definitely have seen a continuation of that. Uh, the two with the pot 
uh, are benefiting from the town centres being kind of feeling a bit more vibrant again. We we initially dropped. I think when everything opened up in July, uh, the, there was just a, it seemed like a mad dash to get to the, the bars, pubs, restaurants, um, and they seemed to be uh, doing really well. That, that was brilliant because I, I think we had the the share of uh, you know months of closure. So it was it was really nice to see. Uh, those guys being busy again, even at the expense that we were a bit quieter during those initial few weeks of everything opening up. But it's settled now, um, and we're we're hoping, I think, uh, that the last quarter uh, will be kind of closer to 2019. Um, we're, we're anticipating that we're going to see um, uh, a, a comeback as strong as that. Well, that's that's really quite encouraging, isn't it? Um, you know, and, and very nice of you there as well to say that you didn't mind sharing the sharing the wealth with those that had been closed, um, and those that had been struggling in the in the hospitality um, sector. You know, it is always nice when um, you know independent stores, independent retailers, independent business owners can can come together. And uh, you know, maybe <laughs> it's looking a little bit more darkly on the online retailers rather than those that are next door. But uh, that, I think that's a, a whole different yeah. conversation um, that we could go down but might be a little bit more stronger language um but you know obviously yeah. <laughs> at, at the moment as well um you know it's it's quite an important month given the fact that uh you know you you very much specialize in in sort of health food good quality local organic produce with september being um you know organic month and uh, you know what have you been doing for that and and sort of how are you sort of celebrating really mm-hmm. yeah it, it's always organic is um uh, always been close to my heart personally. I, I, you know, from before uh, we actually were involved with uh, Food for Thought and Oliver, so it's always been something that I felt the need to, to champion. But uh, since having the stores, we've thrown ourselves into uh, all uh, events organic, um, be it the uh, annual September organics or um, uh, some of the other events that take place uh, during the year. I mean, particularly this this year, uh, uh, and, and to some extent, a lot of last year, we did see uh, the demand for organic produce uh, in, increase uh, significantly. And I mean, that was across the board. That was everything from, you know, organic wines, beers, through to the, the usual things that people think of, you know, fruit, veg, uh, teas and coffees. Uh, so I, I think people have began to shock a lot because I, I think they understand the, the benefits and value of to their health uh, by adding in as much organic as they can, you know, afford. Uh, although we met this year really, um, and this was just for us, not part of the official uh, organic September, but was to try and demonstrate to people that organic didn't be any more expensive. Uh, you know, and teaching people it's all about when it comes to fruit and veg, buying seasonally. So introducing uh, I kind of stumped text uh, uh, into the whole organic thing that if you start to buy uh, and consume more seasonally, uh, you're buying stuff that generally there's a glut of at that time because it's seasonal um, and you can pick it up a, a, a bit more reasonably priced. So for this September, that's been our kind of own message for uh, taking a lead uh, from Soil Association. Uh, we got fully involved 
Uh, we get every single team member in all three stores to choose their favourite organic product in the store uh, and to write a few sentences about it on a, a pre-printed uh, A6 uh, postcard that we displayed next to the product. So I think it, it's given our customers a sense of we're not just there selling something, uh, we're there believing in what we sell and that we also consume these products as well. So I, I think that's been a, a nice talking point. Uh, and we're only halfway through. We, we, we still got two weeks to go. Um, but we're getting a lot of really positive uh, messages and feedback from customers with what we're doing this year. I am glad to hear that obviously that message is getting out there and that people are, are responding well to it, you know, especially this year given, um, as I say, COP26 just about to go ahead and food supply chains yep. are, are going to be, you know, vitally important um, when it comes to combating climate change in whatever form that uh, that comes out of the, the next, um, you know, international uh, debate. But, um, you know, there are obviously many detractors um, to organic food, people that say it's not sustainable, um, it was in for, for feeding large amounts of people, the pesticides are needed, that industrial farming is needed, that genetically um, modified crops are, are needed. Um, and, you know, do you have anything to say in, in sort of response to that? Yeah, I mean, I, I guess, you know, we, we're never going to um, uh, be like 100% organic uh, country for everything we consume. There's, there's a place for, for everything, uh, be it uh, you know, genetically modified. I think frightens people, but, uh, you know, there, there's some scary stories out there. But uh, if you're looking at um, crops, that are produced and cultivated to reduce resistance, to be more hardy. I think there definitely has to be a place for that because we're looking at a world that's growing warmer. And a lot of the crops that people take for granted are, for instance, coffee. I mean, if you were suddenly told that you could not have your daily coffee, uh, the, the effect that would have on millions of people would be probably catastrophic. But you've got to understand that uh, coffee itself um, needs very, very uh, distinct growing conditions. And we're fast approaching a place where uh, the current mostly grown varieties of coffee uh, will struggle in a few years' time. So I think organics are good, but we've also got to try and deal with not only uh, reducing the effects and uh, addressing climate change, but in tandem, uh, trying to deal with how we will feed the world when crops might not necessarily uh, be suitable to be grown in, you know, warmer environments. Um, uh, you know, um, I'm kind of for, uh, to a certain extent, the, the research that develops and produces maybe perhaps more sustainable, hardier uh, varieties of some of the, 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 the crops that will be most effective. I think that's a, the one of the most important points. You know, there are a lot of scare stories around there. There are a lot of, uh, you know, negatives. But we forget that, you know, 
the most grown wheat on the Indian subcontinent now is the Indian dwarf wheat. And uh, that was a, a GMO, um, you know, uh, produced by a Dr. Borlag. And that was in the mid in the mid 40s, 50s uh, that that came about. It was, you know, responsible for feeding so many people across the world. It is an area that, uh, you know, has a lot of potential and can be can be safe to do as well. Um, but I do think you're right. There is a real mixture there that people do need to, you know, eat seasonally, eat locally, realize the impact of um, of pesticides on their food in the wider environment. And I do think that's yeah. sort of coming through as well. And it's by people, through people like you that are pushing um, the message and really celebrating, um, you know, these different styles of uh, of farming that this message is getting through to the wider public. But, um, you know, it's not only sort of celebrating, um, you know, local, celebrating the, the revival of the high street in many respects. It's not just about, uh, you know, celebrating sort of organics that you do. You also try and, and give back wide by um you know partnering with with organizations that that are doing good as well and i believe your your latest partnership is with an organization called choose well um what's that all about yeah that actually came about um via my uh business partner uh rob idol um, i'm not sure of the the exact circumstances but he was at a, a, a an event a luncheon and uh um it's a bit of networking uh, but uh, he uh, got involved in that and we chatted about uh, the, the Choose Well organization and felt that it was uh, something that we could actually get in, uh, involved in as well. Uh, the, 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 kind of in, a, in a nutshell, what the guys at Choose Well are trying to do is um, uh, sell a product, which is uh, an ethical uh, hand soap, uh, and by selling, like giving the proceeds, 100% of their profits to select uh, charities. Uh, the ones that they're working with at the moment are uh, Just a Drop, uh, Just One Tree, and Help the Homeless. Uh, so we, we felt that uh, actually that was something we wanted to get involved. We've done a lot of uh, local uh, work with within Surrey, you know, with Surrey Wildlife Fund, for instance, or um, you know, very Surrey-based organisations. But we felt uh, it was important to uh, perhaps spread a bit wider and get the message over to our customers that uh, it wasn't just uh, just immediate local issues. There were wider ones that we could uh, have a bit of an impact, even a small impact, but we could have an impact and. Uh, we wanted to bring that to their attention. We're getting a lot of positive uh, uh, feedback and responses from customers uh, on, on this initiative at the moment. We've got nice displays in all three stores uh, with uh, window posters, uh, ASICs, postcards telling the story. We're getting the message over. We're getting people to think uh, uh, about um, how they can help. Uh, and I, I kind of feel... Um, those initiatives um, are, can have a much more positive effect uh, because you're in a store, you're you're actually physically buying the product, you're paying for it, you can hold it, you're using it. Um, I, I'm not saying that there's not a place for some of these uh, guys and organisations that are out in the streets, kind of chasing after people, uh, trying to stop them and get get them to sign up for something, but uh, you. You can witness those. I see it every day in the high street. Uh, people avoid, they look down, they look away. 
they don't want to be in conversation with um, uh, some of these organizations and the, the way they work. But I think if you can engage people uh, on your home ground in the store with a product, and it's meaningful, I, I think you're more likely to get people to buy in and to understand uh, how they're helping and uh, what kind of help is um, being achieved you know, from the sale of soap. Uh, and of course, soap's been um, a, a hugely topical thing for 18 months now, you know, wash your hands, wash your hands to the, you know, singing of happy birthday or whatever. People are... Um, so uh, used to that message now that you know offering them a really nice uh, hand soap as a way of helping others. Uh, I think is a, a, a great initiative. I think that's uh, you've raised a couple of really important points there. First of all, yes, soap is a great way of uh, of helping out. You know, continue to to buy soap, continue to to wash your hands, continue to to help against um, you know any further restrictions via COVID. But um, but also you know the fact that people are getting something with their donation as well. Um, you know, a lot of the times people are you know having to be paid to go around and get these um, you know donations by people on the street or people that knock on doors, and it's very much the same provide a product provide something that people can use and still have a a donation to a, a worthwhile cause um so how long are you going to be partnering with with choose well or is this a, a a small thing you're doing for a time and then you have a another organization lined up afterwards well I, the, the answer to that is i i don't really know this is new uh we're about you know two weeks in uh we're we're monitoring we're going to see how it goes uh we've uh, we've historically uh, given various different organizations um, over, over the years. This is the first time we've had uh, a specific product. So I think we're, we're kind of looking to see how that pans out. But I, I don't see any reason to, to stop because if people like the product, um, and it's, it's a really nice product, if people love it and they enjoy using it and they want that to remain on you know, the, 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 the kitchen, uh, by the kitchen sink or in the bathroom or, or whatever, um, uh, we certainly want to make sure that it was fully uh, accessible to them, you know, that, it, that we don't turn around and say, well, actually, that was a month-long uh, charity promotion and we're not doing it anymore. Uh, so I think, that, you know, we may well find that we're in this uh, kind of long term, uh, but it probably will help to open doors of other products because uh, I, I really do think it's important that you get something it's all good well you sign up and you may have a, um, a you know a direct debit or whatever going out to an organization every month uh, and you may get uh, an update and feedback as to what's happening with that money but there's nothing to me more satisfying than uh, using something every single day and uh, feeling you're getting a benefit personally, and that someone has had a benefit. And of course, the more you use it, the more you'll need it and buy more. And so the whole thing um, uh, you know, is sustainable in that way. 
I completely agree. I think that is, uh, you know, makes it makes it more sustainable for, for people to want to continue to support, um, you know, getting their get, having having a product they can use daily. But, um, you know, I want to sort of slightly move on here into a, a different area that, that I think is really important to speak about as well. Um, you know, one of the, the main areas that, uh, you know, has been sort of responsible for, for issues with COVID, um, with public health, there's obviously been what people eat, how they eat, um, you know, processed foods sugars um you know an increase in in fast foods ready meals and um you know the government have obviously put forward different um legislative pieces they're you know encouraging people to exercise more to put forward uh, sort of cheaper levels of, of insurance for people that are you know fit and and healthy but uh, do you think that there's enough being done by the government to encourage a more sort of sustainable and, and, and healthy lifestyle or do you think that there could be a bit more messaging to, to help people understand exactly what's going into their food and how they should potentially you know change their attitudes yeah i i definitely i, I think we've seen over the past 18 months where there's been a, a, a clear split there were definitely people who took uh the advice of the government at the time during lockdowns uh, to get out and exercise uh, you can see that i can see around uh, where i am the comet was packed every day with, with people walking and jogging uh but on the the flip side of that uh, there were the people that we, we all know someone or we've, we've all had conversations about the, the lockdown towns uh, where people have, um, you know, uh, been at home and uh, they're perhaps drinking a bit uh, more than they would and uh, snacking more, uh, grazing, you, you know, throughout the day. So I, I think we... Uh, we haven't had, I, I don't think, a, a, a strong clear enough message uh, really on the impact of, uh, you know, obesity, uh, although we keep hearing it, you know, the, the sugar tax, uh, etc. I, I kind of feel that all these initiatives uh, ultimately just uh, have an effect on um, the, the same group of people in in the country. It's, you know, the, the people with the, the, the least that have the least that are perhaps um, uh, more on the poverty line uh, and can't afford a lot of uh, the food that the government may be trying to put forward as being healthy alternatives. So a lot of these people do end up with uh, a diet that's predominantly more slanted towards you know fast foods, TV uh, dinners, microwave meals, etc., uh, but I, I think it really is time that people perhaps understood more what is in these foods, how they're manufactured, uh, what you know, what they consist of, and how they're perhaps uh, you know affecting the, the, the their health. And if they've got kids, you know, um, kids growing up, the kids at the moment I think seem to be much more aware uh, perhaps through info that they're getting in school than the parents in my mind. We we see we see kids coming in with their parents to the stores and they seem to be uh, gravitating towards certain things and saying to the parents, Oh, you know, we, we learned about this in school. Uh, could we have this? You know, so healthy choices. And even for us in health food stores, uh, we we would hope that we were at the healthier side. But um, 
we, we have products. Anything is going to be bad for you if uh, you consume too much of it or uh, you'll limit yourself to a few food groups. It's, it's going to have a, a negative impact on your health overall. Yeah, it's definitely about having having that spread, but also having about the having the access. You correct um, when people are you know on the that's you know lower end on the on the poverty line, you can get caught in that poverty trap, and it's very hard to get out of. I think that's very much why um, you know the Marcus Rashford campaign over the past year has really resonated with people. You know, giving people oh, it's, it's phenomenal. You know that that kind of initiative, um, and, and you know as with that initiative and before with um, uh, uh, um, his name escapes me, the, the, the chef. Um, Jamie Oliver? Uh, Jamie Oliver, yeah. Uh, with, with uh, again, his school, uh, school meals, school dinners. Uh, I, I think those kind of initiatives uh, are so important, you know, and, and having uh, role models uh, such as Marcus or Jenny uh, is so important as well. The, the, people can relate to these guys. I, that's a, an important point as well. These things do seem to be cyclical. Um, you know that somebody comes up, tries to change something, and then it gets out of the the sort of zeitgeist, out of the public mind, and and things go back to the sort of status quo. And and potentially politicians don't follow on with it because they know that it's a, a flash in the pan. There needs to be a, a wholesale change of attitude to um, uh, you know, food to upbringing to where it comes from and to the the, the campaigns around it. But uh, you know, I think we can all we can all hope for better. Um. And and just make sure that yeah. these things well, are, are carried on. I mean, I mean one, and this is from a personal experience because you, you know these these things come up over and over and over again. But I mean, I can go back to um, I, I don't know around two thousand and four or five uh, when I was involved in uh, McKee's research and uh, Dr. Julie McKee and you are what you eat, and we had uh, two and a half three years old you are what you eat TV shows. Uh, you know, which again were um, you know putting forward the the ideas of uh, you know a healthy diet, whole foods, uh, and the the press and the media grabbed hold of these initiatives. And for a while, you know, everybody is uh, talking about uh, aduki beans, or, or you know, they, they they want to know more about them. It's it's finding a way of uh, keeping the, the momentum going. I think and. Uh, uh, making that that message in itself sustainable, so that it just becomes part of um, you know your your, your daily living. It becomes part and parcel of, of daily life. I yeah, that is yeah. is truly important, isn't it? Just making sure that people aren't reaching for for the latest um, you know sort of snazzy snack or or whatever the uh, no, some laboratory I, in America otherwise. has come up with late come up with there uh, recently. Yeah, otherwise it just becomes a, a, a fad. I mean, you, you know, people uh, say, I've tried every diet, uh, but nothing, nothing works. And it, it's like, well, no, it's, it's, it's not, a, it's not about, about that. It's about um, lifestyle. It's really about looking at how you, you live your life. And I think people, they've got to realize that actually we're coming to a point, uh, and it's, it's, the, the end point is snowballing. We're getting, of course, they're running towards it, you know, faster and faster. It's not just about one aspect of your life. Usually, I've got to look at, um, you know, what you're eating, where the food comes from, uh, what you're driving, if you're driving a vehicle, what, um, you know, what, what else you do in your life. I think uh, we're truly getting to the 
point where uh, it, it is about lifestyle. People have to grasp that it's not one aspect of what they do, but you know everything holistically. We've got to be looking uh, everything in the the, the the whole is always greater than the sum of the parts. You know when you can get there with someone, the benefits that you will get from making a lifestyle change um, go beyond all all the the, the little tiny parts that you've changed to get there. That's really important. You can take that not just only from an individual perspective, but also a sort of global environmental perspective as well. Um, yeah. You know, we're pretty much describing James Lovelock's Gaia hypothesis there, and uh, it's been instrumental in, in the creation of the environmental lobby and, um, you know, environmentalism as a whole. A, a really interesting uh, book for anybody that hasn't read it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I would definitely go out there yeah, and, and, and grab I, a copy. I, I, absolutely. Uh, I, I mean, I'm actually looking forward to, um, I've been invited to a, a, a breakfast on uh, 27th of September. Uh, it's in Guildford, it's in the Eva uh, Arnold uh, Theatre. And uh, it's uh, Justin Rowley, Archbishop of Canterbury, who's um, hosting this breakfast. And um, surprisingly, uh, his topic uh, for, uh, for the event is ethical leadership, uh, CSR, you know, uh, corporate social responsibility, and environmental sustainability. So I, I'm really looking forward to that. That's uh, not Monday coming, but the, the Monday after. So it'll be really interesting to hear, uh, you know, someone like Justin Welby's views on environmental sustainability and where we're at, uh, you know. Um, so I think uh, perhaps with talks like that, there's perhaps more and more high-profile people uh, beginning to, um, you, you know, get, get a message out or get their message out on, uh, these topics. Yeah, it is really something that's taken off over the last couple of years and, and as I say, something that's going to be really vitally important across the UK as we get nearer to, to COP26. But, um, you know, if we're now yeah. sort of looking ahead um, to the future, you know, for yourself, for the for the company and, you know, even if we want to touch on, uh, you know, sort of every humanity as a whole, but, um, you know, how, how are you going to see things yeah. going over the next few months to, to sort of year? Well, I, I mean, I think if I kind of touched on um, earlier, we, we really uh, are hoping, we're anticipating that the, the last quarter of this year will be closer to uh, the 2019 last quarter. Uh, and we're gearing up for that. We've got to kind of try and make uh, uh, make that happen in terms of uh, what we sell, what we're selling, uh, how we're presenting um, uh, product goods to, uh, to customers. And we're already seeing that, you know, newspapers are, are filled with uh, horror stories already of, you know, get your toys for your kids in now because there's going to be shortages of toys. And uh, I'm hearing from uh, suppliers uh, that are saying to me personally, uh, you know, these items are going to cost more because we were paying $2,500 for a, a container back in 2019, but we're paying $19,500 for the same container. Uh, and we, we wonder why, you know, there's a rise in inflation. But um, I, I think from the positive, I hope the, the, the final quarter is as close to the final quarter of 19 as we can get. Uh, and I think moving into 2022, we really, we're, we're planning uh, a lot more initiatives at tying in with organizations that are local to the stores. We've already approached uh, three uh, gyms, fitness centres, uh, one uh, 
Uh, can I make the, each of the stores? Uh, um, we've got Majestic and Q, uh, Pyro Fitness in Kingston, and Sunset in Guildford. So from the beginning of 2022, we're going to work with these guys uh, in terms of, uh, you know, pushing forward uh, uh, fitness, uh, eating habits, uh, and having some fun along the way with it as well. We're, uh, we're going to uh, get interactive with these guys, get them to come to the store. We've already planned to bring uh, things like uh, roars and skier machines to the shops and uh, get people involved right there in the store, having a uh, you know 30 seconds on the uh, the rowing machine and uh, see what distance they can go. So we we've got fans that we're well ahead uh, with at the moment uh, to kind of hit 2022 running. Um, I think uh, we look towards the next 12 months as positively as we can, and I I think uh, there's got to be um, a, a real uh, upswing for us. Particularly, I, I think um, you know Guildford. Uh, I'm part of Experience Guildford, which is a local bid, and I'm a director on the local bid, and we've in our letter uh, supply for city status. Uh, so I, I, such is, I think, the positivity for the, this coming year. Um, we feel that um, applying and getting city status for Guildford would be phenomenal. It would help us get back uh, on track and help the independent businesses there. So I, I've got a very, very positive outlook um, for the coming year. Uh, last three months of this year and uh, stretching into the, the whole of next year. Well, it all sounds like you've got a lot going on, a lot of plans in place, a lot of talks that you're going to, a lot of things that you, you're you're wanting to see and to engage the community on. But, um, you know, you never know when you go and see uh, Justin Welby um, next week, you can get him to come along and, and give a talk on one of the gym machines in the store and uh, that'll really get everybody going. Um, <laughs> yeah, 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 perhaps, yes, yeah, that, that, would, be, uh, that would be fun. But, um, you know, it's been really, really positive speaking to you today, Alan. It's really great to hear somebody that is taking, you know, community into their hearts, but also thinking of their wider worldwide community with the uh, the areas that they're stocking in store, the partnerships that you're making the uh, and your your sort of viewpoint for, for the future as well about how to get everybody back on their feet and um, not just, you know, revel in your own success over this time. It's really refreshing. And, uh, you know, to speak to somebody with, with, with those sorts of viewpoints. So I really want to take this opportunity to thank you ever so much for coming on today and um, it'll be great to get you know have another conversation in six months you know after q1 of next year and um, see how these plans have, have been put in place and see what's coming up next yes no, absolutely I'd, I'd look forward to, to that and thank you for uh, inviting me along today thank Brilliant. you alan thank you very much that was alan martin founder of food for thoughts uh talking about an interesting last 18 months dealing with the issues on the high street but as well as some of the changing perceptions towards uh, organic food climate change and living a more holistic lifestyle um thank you ever so much for tuning into this week's episode of the leaders council podcast and i look forward to speaking to our next guest next week